Greetings, and welcome to Content That Moves, a new podcast that highlights the very best in brand storytelling through feature films, original web series, podcasts, even interactive digital experiences. Really anything that showcases a brand's purpose and mission through the first-person narratives of real people. We want to shine a light to uncover the best practices and give you a behind-the-scenes look at all the strategy, creative, and distribution that will help you on your journey to do the same for your brand. In this episode, we're speaking to Paula Matsula, the Director of Content and Media for REI Co-op. REI has become one of the most beloved brands in America through purpose-driven campaigns like Opt Outside, where REI announced it was closing on Black Friday to encourage people to enjoy the outdoors. It's this bold, purpose-driven approach that Paula has been able to translate into some incredibly moving content for the co-op across a variety of mediums. Today, we'll hear how he built and continues to lead this amazing team and program, earning him the title of 2017 Content Marketer of the Year from the Content Marketing Institute. We were honored to host Paolo here in Minneapolis for our first ever Content That Moves event earlier this summer. You can see video from that event and learn more about future ones at credononfiction.com. So, you know, I have to say, I think you are creating content at one is one of the most loved brands in America for a lot of reason. Um, if you couldn't already tell, I'm a stupid, huge fan. Dividend day is like Christmas. Every spring, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I have to ask, you know, you're creating such beautiful content and such an awesome company. Is it amazing as we all imagine <laughs> it to be? It really is. And, you know, um, obviously I worked at other places previously and spent a lot of time knocking on the door at REI because I had the same outside perception that this is a really cool thing going on at this this co-op. And at the time, I didn't even know what a co-op was uh, fully, and and now I do. It's, you know, members buying in and having an equal share of the ownership of of the business, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's actually why I think REI is such a cool place to work is, is... we put purpose over profits, yeah. right? Um, we think about societal impacts um, in addition to growing our business and kind of growing um, the health of inf- infrastructure of the outdoors, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so the work is cool because of that, and it's cool because um, we've got such a rich palette of outdoor activities that are, um, you know, lifestyle for some people, bucket list trips for some people, right. um, and just points of passion. And so you know, in a given hour, in a given meeting, or in a given story that we're looking to tell, we're talking about people achieving amazing once-in-a-lifetime things, or maybe the first doing something for the first time ever. Um, and those things happen in in beautiful places, you know, the exotic places internationally and and uh, locally in our public lands. And uh, all that makes the work really, really fun. And I think we get to attract people um, in our partner set externally, as well as the people who are the producers and editors and journalists and creatives in-house um, who want to work on the same kind of thing for the same kind of reason, which is they share the passion um, you know, around the outdoors that, that we also try to express in our stories and our content. Yeah. That's awesome. So you've been there, is it eight years? Been at ARIA for seven years Seven now. years. Yep. Cool. And so I'd love to hear like what you know, the content program and team looked like when you started and, and sort of where you've grown that to, because I know it's been sure. pretty big. Yeah. Um, REI Co-op is more than 80 years old, so there have been many creatives before me. And, and at the time when, uh, when I joined the co-op, there were content efforts happening, and there was a lot of um, kind of, I guess, 
retail marketing type of creative um, work happening. We've got a 20 plus year old library called Expert Advice, which is the world's largest outdoor education library online mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that effort was was in effect. We had kind of a fledgling blog in effect. And that was kind of it. Uh, and I came in a little bit before a chief creative officer, Ben Steele, who's now our chief customer officer, who uh, wanted to hatch a bigger vision for storytelling at REI and empowered a few of us to to go after that. And so we started producing our own short films. Mm-hmm. That ha- that picked up some momentum. I think our first, our first or second short film got a Vimeo staff pick, mm-hmm. right? So we kind of figured out how to put the right creative partners together and tell the right kind of story uh, there. We looked at our blog and kind of imploded it and and started from scratch, called it the co-op journal, uh, and really took more of a journalism approach to that. Yeah. That's kind of what we started to to build and learn from and try to create an audience around. Short films were working really well for us. We kind of doubled down on those today. We release a short film about once a month. Yeah. Uh, the journal, we publish dozens of stories a week now. We started our podcast programming last year. We've got two shows online now, Wild Ideas Worth Living, and a new show called Wildfire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got a third show coming out in the fall. So we just started to build these competencies over, over time as we learned that customers were engaging with this, that we were expressing our brand values in ways that we couldn't otherwise in our retail marketing. Uh, and we just realized that we could be a great convener of stories for the outdoors and somewhat of a platform um, to tell those stories out to the large outdoor audience that that we can reach in our 18 million member base. That's that's so cool. You know, being a filmmaker myself, I shopped at REI prior to seeing the films. When I saw the films, I'm like, all right, I am well, we've always had great gear in stores, <laughs> yes, right? So it's yes. like, you know, a lot of us came there because we've got a great store model in place and, and we, yeah. we've got great products. But yeah, we're hoping to, uh, I guess, augment that um, to help people see themselves in the outdoors yeah. um, when, they're, when they're not, you know, going in and buying something. Yeah, and I, w- I was biased, but ever since I think Trail Angel was like the first film mm-hmm. that I saw. Is, mm-hmm. is that the one that got the staff pick or is the one? Yeah, Vimeo, yes, yes. We got a Vimeo staff pick for Trail Angel. We've had a couple since, which is a nice creative acknowledgement. Yeah. Uh, and Trail Angel is a story, as you know, that, that is about um, a gentleman that, that's suffering uh, and trying to heal um, due to some life circumstances that happened to him. He lives near the Appalachian Trail. Um, he, he is a trail angel, which in through hiking terms means that he helps people along the trail and kind of surprises and delights them. He himself has not been a through hiker, but he just found this outdoor community of people that are on these cross, you know, country treks. And uh, I think has found a way to, to heal himself through his goodwill uh, and the reception he gets from these intimate but brief encounters that he gets to have with people that are, are looking for help and going through their own transformations on the trail. Yeah. So... When we've got stories like that that are happening all the time in the outdoors, yeah. it's a really easy place to do your job, you know, in the business sense of things because you've got so much to work with creatively. Yep. Um, I've loved seeing those films and the, and the podcast as well. And I've kind of got a two-part question about when you're actually story mining or, like, looking for stories like that. A, like, how do you go about that? Because I, th- I think there are a lot of brands that want to tell stories but maybe don't know exactly where to find them. And then... After you find an amazing story, how do you decide, like, oh, this one's going to be a film or maybe we should do this as a written story? So kind of a two-part there. It's a good question. Um, So first of all, I've got a talented team of editors and producers who do this better than I do (laughs) and are much, you know, better kind of calibrated at at, um, finding the stories I think you see from REI today. Taking a step back, first, we want to find stories that help people see themselves in the outdoors. About half of Americans 
have no relationship and do not recreate in the outdoors at all in any activity, human-powered or otherwise. Uh, we've got to appeal to them. We also need to appeal to the half of Americans that do and, right. and the, the kind of core enthusiasts um, that are members of REI. So we first think about, okay, what is a story that helps create more accessibility to the outdoors, more inclusivity? Like we mm-hmm. think about equity, we think about representation, and we, we really start there in a lot of cases. What are the stories that really haven't been told? What are the communities that are underserviced in how they may see themselves in the outdoors or, or even have access to it? So we start there, which I think is a little bit different than other brands in our space or other brands maybe in team sports that start with um, accomplishment. Um, or they start with, you know, exceptional athletes. There's there's room for those stories. Those are also aspirational and important. Yep. We've just found that, that our space should be more about um, welcoming people to the outdoors and inviting them and then finding stories uh, like that Trail Angel story where, hey, this isn't about someone who's done something amazing but has their own kind of story to tell. And maybe there's an audience that relates to that story more than um, a story that is something that may be aspirational but hard to accomplish. So so we go there. And then in terms of the medium of, of how we deliver that story, we found that podcasts are really good for telling stories that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. So, so Wildfire, which is our investigative podcast series where we look at um, a specific wildfire in each season. And we look at the Eagle Creek wildfire in this first season. Um, we're looking backwards. We can't recreate that. Right, um, right. You know, you're a video <laughs> you guy. Be, you're yeah. not going to recreate wildfire. <laughs> right. uh, and so, so that's kind of a natural space there. I think when we've got um, beautiful landscapes and motion in a story that could be captured by way of motion, it makes a lot of sense. In our journalism, we're we're truly doing journalism. And so we're thinking about um, number of sources and where are those sources located and how fast does the story need to come together? So sometimes the written word makes a lot of sense there, always Mm -hmm. accompanied with photography, of course. So we kind of look at, I guess, the logistics and we um, we look at what medium I think best suits the feasibility of how quickly we need to tell a story or or how quickly we need an audience to see the story. That's great advice. And one of the other things that I I love about all the content I see, and I think I've read this somewhere as well, that you never, REI never uses a stock photo or a model. You're creating content using really only real people and real stories. Um, Why is that so important? Um, I've got to use, you know, the A word, the authenticity word there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, first of all, we're a workforce and teams of people who do the things, yeah, you know, where yeah. we're out in the outdoors, we're skiing on the weekends, we're hiking on the weekends, you know, we're, we're cycling and we're, we're paddling. So we just got to be true to ourselves yeah. um, in a sense. We also have to, have to be true to the 18 million members we serve. Yeah. Uh, and they they don't join the co-op, you know, entirely for a commercial reason. They join the co-op because of a belief system, because they believe a life outdoors is a life well lived like we do. Um, and there's too many real people doing real things that we can capture. Um, And that is both authentic um, and honest and genuine. And it also just makes a lot of sense. Uh, We should show people who are doing what they do. um, And that should be the model to help invite people into the outdoors and see that they can. So that's that's the idea there. Um, and, And I think we've found that there's no impact on the quality of our creative work when we're working with quote unquote, uh, real people instead of models to execute good creative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the other things talking to a lot of marketers that I think, you know, look at your content and just think 
that's beautiful. I would love to start a program. Often they need to bring a case study mm -hmm. with what's the return on investment going to be. And I know that can be often hard to quantify with content when it's not sales driven. Um, but I'm curious, I know there's one particular initiative, um, Force of Nature, mm -hmm. that you guys put out there, and you actually had a really interesting way that that was measured. Can you right. tell a little bit about that campaign and how you, what the results were? For sure. That? I think what we do at the co-op is we, we connect um, societal impacts, impacts on our membership, impacts on our, on our employee base, um, and impacts on business. We, we look across those. So we're mm -hmm. not, so we, we certainly care about the impact on business, but um, we're not nearly focused on that if there are broader benefits to be had. Uh, and that's that's the benefit of being a co-op. That's, that's part of our purpose, yeah. right? Um, when we look at an initiative like Force of Nature, which for background uh, is an initiative where we're looking um, at basically increasing equity in the outdoors and really proclaiming that the outdoors should be the world's largest largest level playing field. Um, we started actually looking inside and, and for years, for a couple of years, looking at what what is our equity story in-house? Do we have the same um, opportunities based upon gender? Do we have the same um, pay equity based upon gender? Um, and there's some irony, you know, you and, you and I, a couple of guys sitting here talking about this, um, but this was led by women um, and I was one of, you know, a few folks or a few men that participate on this because it needed to be women-led. Uh, and in that, first we identified what the problems were for women and their barriers to the outdoors, right? Um, one of those on the business side was a lack of um, basically extended sizing. Um, on the kind of lifestyle side or more the human interest side, um, it was um, women telling us through surveys and conversations that it was about hearing from people in their lives that they what they should or shouldn't do um, and kind of trying to box in um, you know what a what a woman looks like in the outdoors so mm -hmm. so we did several things we um, added extended sizing in our business, which is a way of saying we went to the brands that we carry and said, please do more wow. in terms of, of sizing across the board for us. Yeah. We did that um, with our own product line as well. And then in our storytelling, uh, we went and told stories in documentary style fashion to find women who uh, were breaking through their own barriers. So in a film's context, an example of that is a film called uh, Mernovator. It is about a, a talented woman, um, Myrna Valerio, who is African-American and uh, plus size in her body type uh, and an ultra runner. And those things are you don't find in combination or in a singular fashion in the outdoors very often. Created that story with Sarah Menzies, who's a talented director, put that online and the reception was massive. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, those combination of things um, resulted in, you know, our women's business being up 20% year over year. That wasn't a goal that we set out. That's a result of the work. And the work started with what's right mm -hmm. in in um, addressing this inequity that we see in the outdoors. And then I think we saw the result of an underserved audience that otherwise didn't have an opportunity to see themselves in the outdoors or even get access to the gear to feel comfortable outdoors. That's such an amazing example of being purpose-driven instead of profit-driven. But lo and behold, your purpose-driven ends up in boosting profits too. And it's it's like you don't go at it from that angle, but this is a byproduct, you know, and I think you're being authentic to who REI is and making content that speaks to that. But, you know, you have a great business case, like to your point too. Yeah, and these things, they live in an ecosystem and a relationship. So um, when I'm talking to colleagues at other businesses and brands about these kinds of content programs, it's just 
really being open-minded to where the results occur and um, tempering your expectation for how quickly these things mature. Because content marketing, if you will, creating content as a business um, is a long lead if your business isn't media, right? right in which right. case you're in the business of content. <laughs> but if you're not in the business of, of content media and content is a way that you speak and speaks to you, your audience and reach them, um, then you're going to have um, some different timelines to look at and some different KPIs to look, look at. And they should mm. they should be business KPIs, but should also be more, kind of more than that, I think. Yep, absolutely. Well, cool. I um, We don't have a whole lot of time here, but I, I, I'd love to hear what you're currently working on, what's on the horizon for you, what are you really excited about right now before we close up? Yeah. Um, we're, we're in an audio space right now. We're in ear right now. I'm excited <laughs> about our podcast program. Yeah. I'm excited about Wildfire, which I spoke which I spoke to you about. We're just excited to, I think, deliver podcast programming that is more bespoke to why people listen to podcasts, which is to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Um I'm excited about our new print magazine yeah. called Uncommon Path, which we just recently announced. It's in partnership with with Hearst, who will publish it um, for us. It is edited in-house um, as well as in partnership with Hearst. And it's going to be a beautiful book that everyone can find in all 155 REI stores mm-hmm. and available in select newsstands. Uh, so a different way for us to reach audiences and customers. Starting and, when? When is that? Uh, the first book uh, will be in market uh, mid-September, and it will be a quarterly cadence. Awesome. And uh, it is just another way for us to help people see stories in a medium that they prefer and helps us have, have more access to a different kind of medium where maybe stories better belong than the places that we're in now, which is online publishing, um, video, audio, uh, and expertise content. Cool. Thanks so much for the insight and the inspiration to keep making more and better content. We're trying. Sure. Thanks yeah. for having me. Cheers. To see some of the amazing content created by Paolo and his team, head on over to REI blog at REI.com slash blog, or to see some of the films that started it all, head over to Vimeo and search for REI Presents Trail Angel. Thanks for listening, and join us next time when we'll be chatting with the head of content at 3M Corporation, Carlos Abler, about how he believes content marketing can change the world.